Hey guys, welcome to the Broad Across Podcast. Um, so let's just get right into it. Let's talk about some Supercross. It was it's super duper exciting. They should call it super duper exciting cross because it was just so just action packed. And um, yeah. hey everyone, welcome to the Unnamed Broad Across Podcast. I am your host, the man they call Easy. Um. Let's get right into it and talk about the elephant in the room that James Stewart was the guy that got in the way and ruined a Supercross race for potential first-time winner Marvin Muskin. Ryan Dungey comes out smelling like a rose yet again. Unbelievable stuff. I would say, first off, getting straight into it, Stewart, uh, he, I, I think he definitely fucked Marvin up. If you watched, I've watched the video a bunch, and Marvin was like really leaning into that. You had to kind of really lean into that turn to get that triple out, especially if you were doing Marvin's line. And even though Stewart wasn't in his line, Marvin couldn't lean over because Stewart was close enough that he stood Marvin up essentially. And that fucked Marvin up so he couldn't get the drive out of the turn to hit the triple. Fucked it up. Almost died. Like dicing it out through the rhythm section. And Ryan Dungey, how much of a shit did Roger DeCoster take when that happened? Because it was a few inches from both of his star riders going out for the season. Because holy shit was that close. But Dunge just comes out perfect again. No problem. Takes the win. And Marvin... Feel for him, man. That oh god, that sucks. For James Stewart, that is a low point in his career. I would say, you know, it's tough to say, but uh, and it's tough to see. But I think there hasn't been any worse of a time for James Stewart. Like that was any in no no like individual race that was worse. That was so bad. Just so hard to watch. He just goes backwards, backwards, backwards then is a lapper and is the lapper that fucks it up for Marvin Muskin. I mean, when you're, when you see the white flag and the blue flag, cause James knows that Muskin and Dungey are coming. It's not cause they didn't catch him super insanely quick. So he knew that they were coming. He, he could see them coming and for him to just not get out of the way when it's the white flag, he, he should have just pulled over the side of the fucking, uh, fucking track. Where was that? It's pretty easy to do, James. And but I mean he doesn't know how to do that. He doesn't know he doesn't know how to be a lapper because it's like that's James fucking Stewart. He's not a lapper. But that's the world. That's 2016 when James Stewart gets lapped in a race without crashing. And I don't want to make it seem like I think that Stewart is the only one that's at fault. Muskin definitely fucked up because he shouldn't have tried that triple. He didn't you know, he was through the turn, should not have, because he fucked up in the, it's not like he fucked up at the end of it, he fucked up in the beginning of the turn, because he took uh, the line to the right of the line that he had been taking, and he fucked it up, got stood up, and should have just doubled, Dungey doubled in, obviously Muskin couldn't see Dungey, but Muskin, I think, wasn't even thinking, he was like, it's the last lap, I'm winning a fucking 450 Supercross, and I've got the guy 
who has won four fucking races already this season behind me, I'm tripling into this. So he didn't even think about it. He was like, I have to. There's no choice. And reality struck when he cased it and then bounced straight in. How close were they? Like, Dungey and Muskin were inches away. This is just Dunge being the magic man once again comes out just totally perfect. I don't know how that dude pulls it off, but he does. He's just so... Dungey is so fucking rock solid right now. Because the way that he did it in that, he was not in panic mode whatsoever. He was just like, oh, okay. White flag, I'm going to get second, not a big deal. Oh, Marvin fucked up, okay. he's Oh, he's super close to my line. If I land on him, I'm going to die. I'm not even worried about it. I'm just going to ease over to the right here. And, okay, cool, now I'm in the lead. And, oh, shit, I won the race again. That's just, that's how, I think that's, I bet his heart rate wasn't even above, like, 140. And he won the race. But, um, yeah, back to Stewart, I just don't, like I said, he's never been a lapper before. He's never experienced that, really. Because anytime, it's crazy because the week after I say that he needs to toughen up and start finishing races, he stays in and you're kind of like, oof. God, maybe you should pull off, jeez. But I don't know. It's we. It, I'm gonna be watching James pretty close, and I think everybody is in the next couple of weeks because it's like if he doesn't. I mean, if this shit happens again, not not even saying he's gonna fuck up the race, but if he gets lapped again, if he gets smoked by everybody again, it's like, dude, why doesn't he just quit? If that's what. If that's what his racing career has become, why, why doesn't he just quit and ride dirt bikes and make videos? Because you, you go on YouTube, any legitimate James Stewart video has like a million views. He could make, he, and I'm not even kidding at all, he could make a really good amount of money only filming videos. And then he wouldn't have to deal with any of this bullshit, with any of the racing bullshit. Because, I don't know, like I said... We'll keep an eye on him. He could, I mean, this is James fucking Stewart. He could come out at Daytona and win a week after having gotten lapped. I legitimately believe that. But it's going to be in the next couple of races. If he doesn't do anything in the next couple of races, then I think it's time to explore uh, other work opportunities for James Stewart. Uh, KTM released some statement where they're like, we, they didn't blame James Stewart. I, that's just them taking the high road. Okay, it's pretty clear. And like I said, there's nobody, James is not 100% at fault, but he, I mean, just watch it. He clearly stood musking up, not on purpose. He didn't mean to, but he was in, the line that he was in was Marvin's line. So Marvin went just to the right of that line, passed James right at the apex, so he had to stand up because... He couldn't rail around the ins or sorry the outside and lean it over because that's what you needed to do to get the drive to hit that triple. He couldn't do that, didn't do it, still went for the triple and fucked up. And it it's it's right there. You don't need to be you don't need rocket appliances to to know what was going on there and to see what happened. And good on KTM being the nice guys, but James was at least partially at fault. So Anyway, let's change the subject. How about the NASCAR guy? Let's just 
completely changed topics. When they did the NASCAR, I love, I guarantee you that somebody at Feld got fired over that because you got like four NASCAR guys that are worth however many millions of dollars, which I don't know, that's ridiculous. They're not worth millions of dollars. They make millions of dollars, let's put it that way. And you're like, oh yeah, let's just race them on the Supercross track. And one of them comes inches away from decapitating himself. Just head gone, neck broken. You, we seriously might have been looking at a death right there if he had been five or like six inches to the right. And I don't know. He owes the guys at Parts Unlimited a fucking gigantic gift basket because they saved his life. Legitimately saved his life. I really, it just bugs me watching, and I know that they do this because the Supercross is on Fox and Fox airs NASCAR races. I fucking hate just watching Supercross suck NASCAR's dick like that because every real moto fan knows that NASCAR drivers are like the most overpaid fucking hacks in the world. So, and that motocross guys are some of the most underpaid dudes in motorsports. And it's just like a slap in the face. It's like, hey, let's parade around these fucking guys in this sport that you all hate who make way more fucking money than you. And, uh, yeah, we're just, and we'll get Ralph because Ralph Shaheen's a fucking legitimate NASCAR fan because he's a fucking moron. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to get him, like, talking about... He's, like, talking with his fucking buddies in NASCAR. No, I don't like it. Just stop with that. Because it'll never happen for me. The day will never come that I'm a NASCAR fan. I really don't think so. Because even in terms of four-wheel racing, there's so much better shit than NASCAR. And it's so weird to me that... Dude, it seriously is... You know how the South Southerners are always like, the South will rise again. The Confederacy is not dead. And you're just like, shut the hell up, old man River. All right, why don't you die and do everyone a favor? That, is, that seriously is the South rising again, is NASCAR. One of the, I mean, the most popular motorsport in America is this lame fucking sport where they drive around in a circle and follow each other. And it's got millions and millions of dollars behind it and you're just everybody because everybody who isn't a nascar fan is like what is happening here i don't get it it's just you either get it or you don't and i don't that's always really frustrated me not understanding why people are into shit that was a big reason why i wasn't into the quads because i was like other than the fact that they ruined my tracks i was just like why did why do people do that when they could ride dirt bikes i don't understand I still don't understand. I've kind of accepted the fact that with quads that I don't understand. And so, you know, like I said in the first show, quad riders, do your thing. Just not on my tracks. We can be friends. But NASCAR, don't get it. And I think I'm just butthurt about NASCAR because they make so much fucking money. That's pretty much all there is to that. But let's get into talking about more dirt bike stuff. Um, I guess the other highlight uh, to mention of... wait. I was going to talk about something else in the 450 class, but I'm going to switch to the 250 class really quick. Martin Davalos fucking smoked it. Like, ruined everybody. Malcolm definitely had something for him, I think. Malcolm took a little bit of time to get through the pack. Martin was out front right away. But, uh, man, 
the life the lifetime two fifty guy, and it's so funny because he's still good. Like, if he could just put a season together, it's amazing that he hasn't pointed out of the two fifty class in ten years. Like, if his if Martin Devalos's two fifty career, God, talk better, idiot. If Martin Devalos's two fifty career was a person, was like an amateur racer you know, 11 years old, it would be starting to get attention from factories if it was actually good. It would be like the Carson Mumford of of uh, fucking imaginary children. And that's pretty amazing. That's amazing that his he's in the double digits in the 250 class, and then but wins. So you can't really knock anyone. You can't knock him for staying in the class. You can't knock Husky for keeping him on the team. Because, oh shit, it worked out right there. I mean, what was it, two years ago when he pretty much was a shoe-in for the title and threw it away. I think that was the same year that Censorilla threw it away too. And uh, so maybe this is his year. Maybe Martin can finally do it. I think I, I honestly do see him as a, just a lifetimer in the 250 class. I've... Has he ridden pro 450? I honestly can't remember. I think he has ridden a couple of supercrosses on the 450. I could be totally wrong. But uh, it's weird, too, because not, his style doesn't really suggest only good on a 250, the way you would have seen with Barsha or Baggett, where, and obviously that wasn't right because they're both ripping 450 riders, but I think that everybody kind of said that they were 250 riders. Baggett because he was a smaller dude, Barsha because... He threw the bike around a ton and revved the shit out of it. And they're both good. But I think uh, Devalis doesn't have anything like that about his style. He seems like he would be a good 450 rider. So it's kind of surprising to me that he's never done it. But, he, I mean, he keeps getting rides. He keeps getting 250 rides. So, hey, fuck it, dude. Whatever they're paying you to do, just do it. Okay? I want everybody. That's your takeaway from this show, from this episode. Whatever they're paying you to do. Just do it, okay? Do whatever makes you that money. Take it from every fucking uh, monster girl in the business. Just flashing their tits to strange, old, sweaty men. They don't literally do that. They don't flash their tits. I've tried so many times to get them to do that. It's really difficult. They have to be super wasted. Um, Or if they just got new fake titties, then they'll do it because... Girls who just got fake tits are probably the easiest people in the world to get uh, to show their tits because they're just like, look, my dad just paid $15,000 for these, so I'm going to show everybody. And then their dad is like, dude, I'm, that's, you know, their dad's turning into an alcoholic. He's like, I'm going to fucking kill myself. But that's the easiest way to do it. But seriously, the Monster Girls do have to interact I seriously sympathize with them, almost. I almost sympathize with them because they love the attention. That's what makes me not sympathize with them. But they, oh God, the sweaty, fat, fucking lowest common denominator people that they have to deal with every single weekend, I would blow my brains out. But hey, as long as they get an Instagram follow out of it, they don't make a lot of money. I know for a fact they don't make a lot of money, but not really. The, I mean, their their job is to look good, and they do well. I'm not. Yeah, I think this is coming off as very anti 
Monster Girl, and I love the Monster Girls. They're fucking hot. I love to stare at them and have impure thoughts about them. I do literally every single day of my life. I have impure thoughts about one or all of the Monster Girls. And uh, so, good job, Monster. Keep doing that. Rockstar, too. Good. They got hot girls. I think the... All right, I'm getting into promo girls right now. This is good. That was a good segue. Um, I think Monster and Rockstar have the hottest ones. DC, Sleeper. DC has smoking hot promo chicks. Um, And then who else is there? I swear I've seen like Thor with some decent looking girls. Oh, Fly at the Nationals. Fly had some fucking dime piece chicks. I don't even, they were twins too. Holy shit. At Redbud. Everybody who was at Redbud knows what I'm talking about. These two blonde chicks. I don't know who the hell they were, but fucking twins. And they were, oh, God, their dad hates his life. But, uh, and then, who else has hot girls? Amsoil's got a few hot chicks. A couple of crazy chicks at Amsoil. Be careful. Um, and then, like, bottom of the barrel is, like, Toyota. And I know that any girl who's a Toyota girl that's listening is super upset at me right now, but... Dude, they're the ugly. I mean, they're not all ugly, but they're they're not as good looking as the other ones. And they've had some that were like, Yeesh. that girl. You're gonna. You think that girl promoting your shit is doing things for you? That is. Let me see your brand strategy, man. But that's uh, yeah. We're let's let's talk about uh, promo chicks. I'd still probably have sex with most of them because that's just the kind of person I'm. Because I'm a caring. And uh, I'm a caring person, and I just want everyone to be happy, really, especially myself. And nothing makes me happier than getting promo girls to do things to me. But anyway, I've sufficiently creeped out everybody on the show. That's what I do. I'm drinking some coffee right now. I only drink iced coffee. If you drink hot coffee, you're just fucking stuck in the 60s or in the 50s or something. Iced coffee is the new age shit. Everybody knows that. Everybody from Boston knows that a Dunkin' Iced is the only way to live your fucking life, dude. Get on the program, kid. I'm bummed that Jimmy didn't race last weekend, so I can't do the Boston race recap. I might bring those back for the East Coast rounds and just do like the whole race recap. But uh, for now, I'm not doing that. Um... What was I gonna talk about? Oh yeah, um, Seely Anderson. That's the new thing people are talking about. Other than you had like the Musk and Dungey Stewart thing, totally overshadowing Seely Anderson. GoPro released Seely's helmet cam, and dude Anderson plowed him on the second to last turn of the race. And uh, Cole came out, you know, if you've seen all the quotes, Racer X did a bunch, I think both riders posted some stuff to their Instagrams, and it's, dude, Cole's super pissed, first of all. He talked about Dungey, too. If you watch Cole's GoPro, Dungey comes up, the inside of him on the first turn, seriously, a solid half bike length behind him. And just does not let off. And he does. They do that thing where they're pre, you're pretty much locking elbows with the other rider at the start. And anybody who races knows what I'm talking about. It's the scariest fucking thing in the world. 
and you're just like, okay, well, I'm about to break a bone right now. Because when you crash doing that, it's all, I mean, first of all, it's always the two of you crashing. Usually you're collecting a few other people in that because if one rider crashes on the start, pretty much it's possible for everybody else to do evasive maneuvers and get around. If two riders crash on the start in the same crash, and so they're essentially bundled up into one giant amalgamation of failure and metal, then it's, it's taken other people with it. So that's going to be a fucking pileup, and you're going to be at the bottom of that. It's going to hurt. You're probably going to get some burns um, mentally and literally, and you're, there's a good chance that you're not finishing that race. Didn't happen. Both riders stayed up. So that's, I guess that's why they're pros, because they're good at that shit. But uh, Dungey seriously fucking just did not give a fuck. Remember when Dungey used to be a wicked pussy? with passing like he used to suck at passing and now he's just the shit at it he's just good at i mean that was the one piece of his game that was really weak and now he's you saw you see the video evidence is right there in Sealy's gopro from atlanta dungy on the nfg program just like you know what this is my front break i'm not gonna fucking touch it so i'm gonna use you as a break Sucks to suck, dude. That's what you get for being to my right side on a left-hand first turn. But um, anyway, so that happened, and then Seeley's going through the pack, and he and Anderson come together and both go down, and Cole yells something, and you can't tell what he yells. It was probably, fuck, or something like that. And, uh, and then fast forward to the last turn, no, second to last turn of the race. And you just see Anderson, as Seely is exiting the turn after the whoops, Anderson just pew, absolutely destroys him. Anderson didn't fall, and Seely did. And that's just the worst. Oh, God. And it was, I mean, it was super, super aggressive by Anderson. This is, this is just shit that happens in Supercross. You're not going to avoid block passes when all the riders are this good and the tracks are the, uh, this tight. It's just, that's going to always happen. Two turns to go in the race, he's just going for it. Because I think that it's like, it seriously is almost an unwritten rule that you're not supposed to do shit like that. But at the same time, at the end of the day, Anderson got that position and Seeley didn't. And so I'm not saying, I'm not really trying to say that anyone's wrong. I'm just saying that that's the shit that happens. Like that is supercross racing. Go race arena cross, dealing with that shit every fucking turn. And that's just the way it goes now. These guys are that good. You can't race clean. That's basically what I'm saying. It is impossible to win a Supercross race unless you get the whole shot or get like a top three start. It is impossible to do well in a Supercross race without doing some seriously aggressive, on-the-line dirty shit. So... That is, that's my stance on the subject. I like both riders, both Cole and Jason, I think are rad dudes. I love Seeley's, I, I watched the Transworld video that they did with him, which is basically a BMX video with a little bit of Supercross thrown in there. But I think it's really rad how Seeley cross trains in BMX because he seems to be the only rider who really seriously does that. And it makes perfect sense for Supercross that... 
on a BMX bike, you have to be, if you're doing rhythms in a, on a BMX track, you have to be so precise and so perfect because you don't have any suspension and you don't have a throttle. So everything has to be perfect if you're going to do it well. And it makes total sense that that would translate into good supercross skills on a dirt bike. And look at that. Sealy was a no, he wasn't a no name as an amateur, but he wasn't good. And starts coming through the ranks in Supercross, and now he's one of the dudes. Now he's one of the top guys who can win races. I think that that's, there's something to be said about that. And BMX is fun. So, parents, get your kids on a BMX bike. Don't fuck, when I, it kind of weirds me out when I see little kids, like 60 and young 80 riders, jogging and shit like that. I'm like, I just, it seems strange, man. Like, first of all, you don't really need to train when you're that little because you're a fucking kid. Like, you get one fucking Mountain Dew in you, and you can do three 40-minute motos, for sure. And second, it's just like, I'm like, do those, I feel like no kid wants to train. Because as you get older, you kind of realize that training, you do see serious benefit out of training. So whether you want to do it or not, you you enjoy the results that you get out of it, so you are like, okay, this is worth it for me. For a kid, I feel like there's no way it's worth it for a kid to train. I could be wrong. I'm never going to find out for myself because I'm never going to have children. So you guys can do these experiments for me, and uh, let me know how it goes. Let me know how it goes with your shitty kids, and uh, just, I don't know. I don't know why everybody feels like they need to have kids. To, this is I'm not talking about motocross at all right now. I'm just talking about conventions of society. You're just like, hey, I want to surround myself with assholes for 18 years of my life because I'm afraid of being alone when I'm old. Not me. I'll be alone, but I'll have all that money, and so I'll just buy hookers and go on cool-ass trips. And we're going to have fun, me and my hookers. It's going to be dope. Um... What else are we talking about? That's pretty much it. That's all I want to talk about. It's a uh, short show. I'm going to start doing these shows bi-weekly, I think. I, uh, oh, shit. I just got a text message from some asshole. And, um, yeah, I'm going to do the shows bi-weekly, I think, because I'm, I just started a uh, new, new gig within the industry with a company you guys have all heard of. And I'm not going to talk about it. But it's keeping me busy, and even though these shows are super short and super easy to make, I'm kind of lazy, and so when I'm done working, I like to just drink beers and uh, play video games, and then on the weekends, go ride dirt bikes. So that's what I'm going to do. So I think bi-weekly is going to start happening. I mean, I didn't do one last week, so you guys should be well prepared for this. But that's it. Um, go... Follow bro on everything. And uh, then ride dirt bikes and slap girls on the asses when you ride past them in the pits. All right, later.